God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. We're having some technical difficulties, and Bob found the answer. What is the answer? To why you weren't getting audio? Yes. Well, turns out there was a guy that that was looking for the answer uh, before you. Yeah. Back in the late 60s, early 70s. Okay. And he he wrote about it in a blog. And he said, I want to live. I want to give. Which is, you know, st- st- he's starting out strong. Yeah. Two pretty good goals. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty... <laughs> Pretty sure that's like almost a hundred percent of everybody. The live part, the give part, maybe not so much, but definitely I want to live. That's almost like why even say that? Well, some people don't want to live. Well, I know, but that's later on in life. Usually, <laughs> usually that happens, you know, a little bit down the road. It takes a minute, yeah. It takes a minute to get there. But then he's like, Hey, I want to give too. I don't just want to live, I want to give. Right. And then he says, then he tells us a little bit about himself because he's like, you know what? Let me let me get a b- little bit more specific about me. Well, let me, yeah, let me. He, he's going to provide some context for why he wants to live and give. Yeah, yeah. He's like, let me tell you a little bit more about who I am. And it, he doesn't even tell you who he is. He's like, hey, this is who I used to be. Hmm. And he's like, I've been a minor. Now, not minor like M I N O R, like you know, like a young kid, right? Like under eighteen. He means like, he's but been a minor, mountain. yeah, yeah, like a guy with a pickaxe. I like, too, that he's telling us who he is by telling us who he's not. Right. And also, maybe he went to UTEP like I did because their their mascot is the Miners. So maybe he went to UTEP or maybe he has a pickaxe. Who knows? I'm thinking probably he went to UTEP, okay. which is University of Texas at El Paso. But then if you read the rest of the sentence, it becomes more clear as to what the fuck he's talking about. I've been a miner for a heart of gold. Right. And then he's like, well, let me give it a little bit more context. And he says, it's these expressions I never give. They keep me searching for a heart of gold. Huh? And he's getting old. Well, right. Because I guess he's having a hard time finding said heart Oh, gold. He hasn't found it yet. Right. He's he even getting, go, I think he goes on later to say he looked in Hollywood and in the Redwoods. <laughs> he did, dude. But guess how old he was when he wrote this song? He's like 21. Old like, soul. And he's already giving up. Yeah. I mean, but here's the good thing about him. Pretty smart. Because guess what? You can search. You don't have to be 42 to come to this conclusion. They're rare. The heart of gold. (laughs) Anyways, yeah. So he went to Hollywood. He went to the Redwoods. He crossed the ocean. A little bit dramatic, really. There's plenty of people here on this continent. Who hasn't told a little bit of a white lie to make a story better? Yeah. I mean, but he probably did cross the ocean, but kind of unnecessary. There's plenty of folks in your neighborhood. And then he, what he found out was eventually, if you click this one button, then your Skype audio works. Then the audio comes through clearly. Yeah, do you yeah. do you remember a party that we went to at Patty Griffin's house? Yes, where she had a thing called that she calls a hoot nanny, and you were going because you and Patty Griffin are just buddies. She sings on your records. You guys are Austinites. You guys. I are, mean, that's stretching it a little bit. I know her. She knows. We know who we are. She would probably consider you a buddy. Who knows what you think about her? No, I would love to consider her a buddy. I, she's cool. We've hung out a couple of times. We used to work out in the same gym. We know each other casually. Right. Let's say we're acquaintances. 
Well, you're closer than I am to her. I'm merely just a huge fan of her records and have sure. been for a long time. So I'm hanging out with you in Austin and you're like, hey, I got invited to this Patty Griffin thing. I don't really want to go alone. I don't know if I want to go at all. Can you come with me just so that I have someone to go with? And I'm like, go to a private party at Patty Griffin's house? Yes. And she was doing a thing where she was having people just sing songs in her living room. And I was, no way in hell was I going to do that. And she pointed at me at the very back of the room. I was hiding behind probably Dave Monzi. And she bade me come sit by her. And she asked mm. me to sing a song for the whole room. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Do you remember what song I sang? Uh, I want to say it was Heart of Gold. Heart of Gold. That was the song. Thank God. I don't know why I chose it, but everyone kind of knew it. So other people were playing pianos and gym bays and shit. So people, I kind of got my ass saved. Where, where would you rank the gym bay in terms of serious instruments for a serious person for a serious <sighs> world? I mean, let's, like where 10, 10 would be like the violin or the grand piano. Right. And zero would be like, say, like a, a no where you like whistle through a piece of paper. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say that the Jim Bay somehow become like Coldplay or like the Dave Matthews band, a very uncool bands to like. And yet everyone has their records in their collection. Now, the Jim Bay, uncool. It's just not cool. For anyone right. who doesn't know what it is, it's like a wooden box and it can make a snare sound and a kick drum sound. Or it's like a, um, that's kind of like a djembe simulator. Or it's just the big round kind of African looking hand drum. Right. But when you think of the djembe, you think of a white 30, young 30s, late 20s. In Colorado. So, sort of hipster. A dude that's really trying to, really wanting to let you know that he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> like he really doesn't care to the point where he's not going to carry around a drum set he's just going to carry around this wooden box well here's now. what here's what i'll say about it you know the the colloquial wisdom is to hate the djembe just sight unseen i mean for sure 100 percent. but here's the deal in the right hands just like anything it was nice to be in that living room what are you, someone going to set up a fucking drum kit in patty griffin's living room right someone going to bring the congas into her fucking living room no a djembe is a nice one. It sits right in your lap. Everyone was sitting. I believe it was Conrad Chacroon playing it. Yeah. And it sounded great. It provided a much needed backbeat. Everyone yeah. had an anchor point. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that, uh, I mean, can it fuck with the, the 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 lofty violin, the lofty piano? No. Hey, right. But I think it's a little, it's a little poo-pooed upon by the cool kids. What do you think? Hey, right. Uh, well... Yeah, I mean, my first thought when I hear the word is sort of a hazy, you know, where you can't, you know, the kind of rage where your vision gets a little blurry. Yeah, blind rage. Yeah, blind rage. So the first feeling that I get when I hear the word is a sort of a blind ragey sort of feeling. You know what probably exacerbates that feeling? Because people at home may not even know this. Now, when you hear the word djembe, you might assume it starts with a J. Or even uh, if you want to get real weird, maybe a G. It right. don't. No. D. It starts with a D. A djembe. For, d- for dummy. <laughs> D is for dummy. I think it's dummy Jim. <laughs> dummy Jim B's drum. <laughs> and then they, they just shortened it to djembe. <sighs> well, you know, I'm getting too old to care anymore what people think about shit. Yeah. 
I'm with you. I, I agree. I, I was. I'm just curious because I, I realized I that I was making a lot of assumptions and decisions based on nothing but just a whiff of an idea. Right. Like no actual investigation. Yeah. Like somebody would say a name and and or like Jimbe, and I would just immediately categorize it without investigation. And lately, what I've been doing is I've been investigating. Nice. And uh, and the wonderful thing about investigation, occasionally, if you pull out your little metal detector, you'll find a a, a rusty coin hiding in the uh, garden. Right. Uh, that kind of happened the other day when I when I checked out Steely Dan, who I've always just immediately decided I didn't like, even though, yeah, I just have never liked them for some reason. And then the other day, I saw something on YouTube that was explaining one of their songs and all the chords it uses, and I was like, wow, I didn't realize that song was so complex. Yeah, they they were pretty heavy, man. They were heavy musicians. They were what we call jazz fusion, which anything with fusion in it, again, that BR comes to mind when I hear it, Blind Rage. Yeah. And uh, so I listened to this record called Asia. That's the big now, one. Is it spelled A-S-I-A? No, it's it's not. No. A-J-A. Mm, just that alone. And when you look at it, you're like, is that like the poster for it? It's a cool cover. It is a cool cover, but if you just look at it... It's like a black and red motif type thing. Yeah, but if you look at it like small on your phone, it looks like <laughs> it looks like the poster for It. And then if you have the actual album in front of you, you're like, oh, it's kind of a hot geisha. Yeah. No problem there. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> talk about... <laughs> talk about <laughs> Nine Nine Danka with the uh, Asian Appropriation Committee. I mean, what I meant by no problem there, I, I don't understand all the political ramifications and machinations of geishas. I just mean a nice looking lady. I like that. I'm here to say to you, Bob, that I'm a fucking man and I like ladies. Period. Especially, especially prostitutes. Sure. Concubines for per se. I support prostitutes. I don't support prostitution i don't mean i support them i don't mean i I procure their services i support the right for a woman to use her body to make money if she wants to so rough i would prefer yeah i mean do what you want do what you want that's all i'm saying i I wouldn't want want my daughter to do it yeah that's the way i that's the way i kind of judge everything would i want my son or my daughter to do it if the answer is no it goes into the bad column. Would you want your kids to get into the music industry? Yeah. I think the music industry is cool. It's fun. I enjoy it. I was thinking about, because we, Nova has a drum set, a piano, a guitar, but I don't ever really force the issue. And I was thinking, just today, I was thinking, you know, she's old enough now with enough dexterity where I could actually probably show her some guitar chords. And she could actually probably take to it. And that got me excited. Then I thought, what if she takes to it the way I did, and then it just fucking takes over the rest of her life like it has mine? And I swear to you, I I thought, I don't know if I want that for her. I really don't. I mean, I really think there's a big difference between men and women, the way they process information and the way they go about doing business as human beings. And uh, 
I mean, there are obviously women who, who, you know, like Bonnie Raitt or something, who take to something like the guitar and, and master it and get really good at it or whatever. But it's, I, I do believe it's different with just again, because uh, it all boils down to procreation. It's like with men, men know that they're unnecessary and redundant. It only takes one man. You need all the women to procreate, but you only need one man. And so if you're not the alpha male, you're out. So that gives you the drive to become the best guitar player on the planet. And if you don't have that drive to have to be the best to be to stay alive, then what is what is giving you the drive? You know what I mean? And that would be in women. Some women have that drive, but it's not, it's, it's, I'm going to get that, I'm going to get that whole digging music plan. Well, it's just not a, (laughs) it's just not necessary for survival. Like a woman can learn how to play guitar or not learn how to play guitar and she can still have a baby. The guy has to learn how to be the best guitar player in the room or he's not allowed to have a baby well there's just so many other versions of playing the guitar it's make the most money be the best guitar be happy yeah, yeah. car have, be the best at football be the it's, it's yeah not just it's guitar. a metaphor yes, yeah it's, it's a metaphor for whatever you do so men want to stand what, out you have to you have to be the number one stunner if you're a dude because otherwise th- these women who know everything women are so much smarter I mean, I've got a son and a, and a girl, so I know how much smarter women are than men. I understand it now because I've seen it in action. But the thing that men have that women don't have is they have this need to have to succeed. And we also have the ability to focus in a way that women don't need to do and don't find interesting. Because what women find interesting is to check out the environment, find out what's going on and see what's going on and understand what's going on all around them. And to focus on something means to avoid focusing on all the other things. And that makes them uncomfortable. They don't like it. They like to know everything. And it takes a lot of brain to know everything the way women do. And some men are able to know a lot of stuff. I think you and me are kind of that way. We have sort of that woman brain. But ultimately, we're men, and we understand that we're competing. We're competing for this womb slot. (laughs) And we know it. And if we don't get that slot, we're dead. We're Uh, done. We might have been on safer ground during the geisha portion. Well, (laughs) this is all true. You can disagree with it if you want, but it's all true. Oh, boy. What is it that women want? So men want to be the number one stunner for the womb slot, as one Mr. the poet laureate Bob Schneider says. What do women want? Women want the, the dude who's going to the, 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 the healthiest, strongest, smartest. Me, me, me. Prettiest. Me. Dude. Me. Who's going to protect and provide for her and her offspring. And so they're, they have to know who that is. They have to know everything. That's why women like to chat amongst each other and figure shit out. That's why they like crime dramas. That's why like they, 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 they want to know everything. And dudes are like, hey, 
I need to get to work. I, I can't be fucking around. I don't give a fuck. I don't need to know shit. All I need to know is how to master this one thing so that I can get that womb slot. Son? It really surprises me how many people, you know, I know a lot of people now because I do podcasts that lots of people listen to. And I'm a fairly fan-friendly podcast guy. I actually know a lot of these people that listen to my podcast. I answer their emails and I, you know, engage with them on social media. And my my span of what I know is possible in the world is much wider because of my podcast. And I love it. It's made my life richer. But one of the things that I've noticed about people, now none of none of really my close friends do this. But there's an interesting thing happening out there. There's an obsession with people my age, which I'm 40 almost spending a lot of money and time trying to learn how to do something. Whereas I'm looking at that going, just go do it. You do not have the time. Time's running out. Do you understand like, what, what I'm do you saying? Th- what do you mean? Be more specific. Okay. Well, there's this big masterclass thing. Now everyone's getting on this masterclass. And I know you've done one or two of them. But what I really see, what I see happening, or people who are like, yeah, I mean, I have a friend. Oh, God, I don't know if they listen to this. I know someone who is a professional musician in Nashville, which is one of the hardest places to really do that. Gigs, on buses, etc. They left the road to go to a very prestigious, snobby composing school because they want to start composing films. Composing for films. And I'm like, hey, man, what is that sheet of paper from that school gonna do other than cost you a hundred thousand fucking dollars you're 43 years old you're already a professional musician in nashville go find some film students go start composing for films now you're gonna spend three years getting an online degree for 100k while taking yourself out of the game here with gigs which is how we make our money so you're gonna go into debt forsake what you've built and instead of actually composing for films you're just gonna just Waste three years, quote unquote, learning how to do it. Something that can't even really be taught. Hmm. I think a lot of people do that because they're afraid to fail. That's really my ultimate point. I think you can distract yourself for a very long time and tell yourself, I haven't made that record yet. I haven't put out that book of poetry yet. I haven't composed a film score yet because I'm still learning how to do it. And once this institution tells me that I'm now certified to do it, then I'll do do it then because I'm scared to do it now, scared to fail. And I, I, it's not that I'm sitting here idle. I'm learning how to do it. So you get to just tuck yourself in at night, your little ego, instead of fucking making something. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? I am, I being too, am I being I, too hard? No, I, I agree with you. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I know a guy who's one of the top painters in the world. I have the paint. He, I have a painting he did that's on the cover of the Californian. Oh my gosh, I love that. Who is that guy? Phil Hale. Phil Hale. Yes, and he he's yeah. one of the he's one of the one of the top artists in the world. If you ask other painters, that he will he will be in the top hundred painters alive today. And he, I told him I was taking a painting class, which I did in Aspen. I went and took a painting class with this guy that I really love, um, and learned a lot. And I told him that I was doing that. And he goes, yeah, that doesn't work. He goes, if you want to paint, you paint every day. Period. Yeah. That's what you do. You do whatever it is you want to do. Now you can learn stuff, but taking class, it's like, it's like going, it's like 
getting it's like a fad diet you'll get on it and you'll get off of it at some point right right and whatever you want to do you just do or you don't do like if you want to get yoda on it and that's that's it period so yeah i agree with you if you want to if you want to score stuff probably just start scoring exactly now there might be some theory that you can learn maybe by going to school i don't know you know obviously if i want to learn how to film edit in adobe after effects there's a lot to learn if i want to learn how to do 3d modeling which i've tried to do a four or five times in the last 10 years it's such a there's such a learning curve to it um i've taken some online classes to try to learn it but i didn't stick with it but i'll tell you the the most successful person in the world to do 3d modeling is this guy um, beeple and he did this thing on instagram eight years ago where he just said i'm gonna post something every day every day i'm gonna make a piece of art and put it online and he did it for the first year he just did drawings and they're simple drawings that anybody could do and then he's like i'm gonna do it with 3d art and he did it every day and the first day was like a ball and the second day was a square just because he's learning the program and every day it got cooler and cooler and then last year he sold a nft for 60 million dollars oh my god and that's a guy who just said i'm gonna do this every day and became you know one of the most successful artists living in the world today yeah i i think I think a contrarian position on what I'm saying, someone would maybe push back that, and this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't try to be better at something or learn. Obviously, if you hone in on a certain aspect of your, of whatever it is you're trying to do, learning some practical things about it, especially if you're talking software or something. Yeah. You have to learn things. You can, you're not going to just learn it by waking up and thinking but about there's it. A, but there's a difference between learning by doing and just learning to take a class. Well, and I think a lot of people are really just pretending to learn so they can just they can stave off the day where they will be called to show. Sure. And they're just terrified that they don't have it, the thing to show. And I don't know what those people need to do. Like I don't I don't know what I need I don't know what to tell them. We get asked a lot, like Ethan and I. Um, I, you know, I'm 22, I live in wherever. I live in fucking Aspen or whatever. I live in Telluride. I want to get in the music industry. What do you guys think I should do? And it's just, I don't know. There's no real right answer to that except for just you need to start doing it. You need to quit writing into podcast hosts because I didn't do that. I didn't write into podcast hosts about how to do anything that I do. I started doing it. That's all. Yeah. You have to tell yourself, this is something I can do. And then you just do it. And that's it. That's the whole secret. There's nothing more to it than that. We should make a documentary and sell it to Netflix. Man, there's so much kind of sort of okay content out there right now. I've been watching a lot of stuff and it's all just like okay. Yeah. That's the kind of new standard I think is it's just quantity and not quality. You know? Well, I think people are trying to make quality. And I think now that there's been like such high water marks that, you know, there's been such good quality stuff that's been made. 
that kind of now everything is falling into that sort of middle ground. Whereas 10 years ago, all that middle ground stuff would have been like the best stuff ever made. I mean, I just did all of Euphoria. I don't know if you've checked it out yet. I guess it's kind of a polarizing show, but it's all written and directed by one guy. This It's Barry Levinson's son, Ben Levinson. And just what they're doing, like what they're talking about, the dialogue, the lighting, the like really every part of it is kind of a masterpiece. And yeah, so it's it's pretty good. I didn't want to watch it for a long time. And then you in check a it second, out. Yeah, because my, my wife was watching it and then I got caught up, you know, like a, a fish will get caught up in one of those gill nets <laughs> in the river. Yeah. And now I'm sitting there watching like episode six from season two. Gotcha. And then you had to go back, huh? And then I'm like, well, this is pretty good. Yeah. Now I got to go back and watch season one. And I've watched most of it and it's it's real solid. Yeah. I think Succession was like that too. I mean, I put that off forever. It looked horrible. Started watching. I was like, wow, I just can't believe someone wrote this and that they made it. Yeah. I watched the first couple episodes when it first came out and I've never gone back. I may wait until it's all done and then watch it. I tried to watch Russian Doll last night. Oof. I tried. It couldn't do it. It's okay. The chick from uh, Orange is the New Black. Oh, dude. <laughs> Have you been keeping up with this Johnny Depp shit? I mean, my wife was, I, I walked out in the living room last night. And I was like, what are you listening to? And she's like, oh, I'm listening to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard <laughs> trial. <I'm> like, what? <laughs> and so I watched a little bit of it today. Jesus Christ. What's he doing? What's he wearing, dude? Is it 1991? He's a strange guy, man. Dude, it's straight up 1991. <laughs> and we're about to get into the swing era. When the dude from fucking Stray Cat Strut starts wearing a suit and gets a big band. Brian Setzer. Is he is he the the bassoon player for the fucking Brian Setzer Orchestra? What the hell is he wearing? I think he is the bassoon. He's the bassoonist for the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> dude, you're going you're you're doing a deposition. You're not doing a that is the worst outfit I've ever seen in my life. What the fuck? Wearing a fucking hoop earring? The guy's 58 years old. <sighs> He's young at heart, man. Come on. Oh, my God. Well, did you see that she shit in his bed? That came up. I, I saw a thumbnail of a turd on a bed that said, Johnny Depp talks about human fecal matter. And I couldn't get myself to click on it. Because God damn it, I have some humanity left. Some There's not much. Some dignity's in there somewhere. I have a little bit of dignity, not much. It was hard to pull away from the screen. <laughs> did you watch it? I did, man. I hate to say it. I did. I, I don't. I don't. I wasn't better for it. Did she shit in his bed? She shit in his bed. Yeah, she pooped a little poop in his bed. <laughs> she did. Why? For, what, just to fuck with it? Yeah, dude. Hell hath no fury, man. Like a woman why, fucking now what's, scorned why, with diarrhea. Why did she do that though? What what was the what was the break that was she didn't they just get married in a hot fever while they were making that movie and then he divorced his wife and they got married? I'm I'm like you. I really only know about it because my, my wife will be like, Oh, did you hear Amber Heard shit in Johnny Jeff Death's bed? And then I heard he cried last night. I listened to him crying. It was sad, but um yeah, she basically has been accusing him of like beating her up, like physical abuse. And he's like lost all of his gigs. He lost the Pirates of the Caribbean gig. He so he's suing her for defamation. Wasn't she the one that was 
hitting him. And then, so what's basically coming out is he has all this, basically all this evidence that she's actually abusive towards him. She has a history of physical abuse and she kind of has a history of being kind of unhinged. And so she basically, they broke up and like a scorned lover, she's like, well, I'll just ruin your life. And it's just really kind of not working. And, And as Isabel puts it, he's doing real well in the court of public opinion. The Aquaman, which is the big movie that she's in, they've now pushed back the release of that like another year because of all the scandal. She's kind of coming out, no pun intended, from the bed turd. She's kind of coming out looking kind of stinky. And other than him looking like he's the bassoon player for the fucking Mighty Boston's or whatever, he's coming out looking kind of like people have a lot of sympathy for him. Dude, how about how about the way the world turned on Jada Pinkett Smith? Maybe I'm not caught up on that. The world turned on her? Well, I think... After the whole, after first people were like, fuck Will Smith, but then they're like, oh, but look at these, like she's fucking some 24 year old dude and driving him crazy. Like she drove him to it. It's her fault. I'm like, no, it's not. He's an adult. She's an adult. You can't blame shit on somebody else if you're an adult. I think she's been playing some crazy mind games with him for a long time and she's got him all fucked up. Now he's a big man. He's grown up. He's responsible for his own feelings, but I do think there's been a fucking decade of mind games. She's fucking some rapper. He's rapping about fucking Will Smith's wife. He went and he went and hit Chris Rock. That right or wrong? He here's what he was saying to to Jib. <laughs> Let's just put a stopper to that. Wrong, wrong. Not right or wrong. Hey, right or that wrong? That was wrong. <laughs> here's but here's what that he was. What's wrong? I'm telling you though, Bob. Right here, or wrong? Here, here's all he saw it as. Here's what he was saying to his wife. In front of 18 million people, I love you. I love you, and I want to be your husband, and I want to take care of you. Why won't you love me back? That's what that whole thing was. Please quit fucking young rappers. Please just love me. I love you. That's what it was. And I feel sad. I feel sad for him. Well, if that's what it was, that's not the way you express it. No. But imagine how you have to feel. Imagine how fucked up you have to have. Imagine what kind of games you've been put through to where you think that's a gesture. That's one of your last stands. Dude, he's Will Smith. Let that old lady go into the darkness. He loves her. I don't care. <laughs> Let her go into the darkness. There's so many hot, hot ladies oh, I know. that want to be with Will Smith. I know. He's in good shape. He he yeah, he seems like a fun guy, other than when other than when he's assaulting people on TV. He punched an alien. Dude, trust me when I say this. Will Smith is having sex with the hottest ladies on the planet <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith is having sex with that rapper because she can. But trust me, Will's doing more, at least that and more. But I'm telling you, man, these women like Yoko Ona, Jada Pinkett Smith, my wife, that ran. <laughs> They wrangle the big fish. Dude, they're masters at it, man. They know how to fucking do it. Jesus Christ, I almost spit coffee all over my studio. (laughs) They know how to fucking wrangle the big fish, dude. She's a master of it. 